This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. How can we increase our capacity to engage children in spiritual conversations? Stay tuned to learn more about Lacey Finn Borgo's book, Spiritual Conversations with Children, and by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Get in the Word with Truth's Table. Your word is truth, your word is life. Presented by Innervar City Press. Your word is truth, your word is life. A daily audio Bible podcast read by Dr. Christina Edmondson. And Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, 2 Samuel, chapter 24, verses 18 through 25. David acquires a threshing floor and constructs an altar there. So Gad went to David that day and told him, Go up and build an altar for the Lord on the threshing floor of Arona the Jebusite. So David went up as Gad instructed him to do, according to the Lord's instructions. When Aruna looked out and saw the king and his servants approaching him, he went out and bowed to the king with his face to the ground. Aruna said, Why has my lord the king come to his servant? David replied, To buy from you the threshing floor so I can build an altar for the Lord, so that the plague may be removed from the people. Aruna told David, My lord, the king, may take whatever he wishes and offer it. Look, here are oxen for burnt offerings, and threshing sledges, and harnesses for wood. I, the servant of my lord, the king, give it all to the king. Arona also told the king, May the lord your God show you favor. But the king said to Arona, No, I insist on buying it from you. I will not offer to the lord my God burnt sacrifices that cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 pieces of silver. Then David built an altar for the Lord there and offered burnt sacrifices and peace offerings. And the Lord accepted prayers for the land, and the plague was removed from Israel. 1 Chronicles chapter 21 verse 18 through 1 Chronicles chapter 22. So the angel of the Lord told Gad to instruct David to go up and build an altar for the Lord on the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. So David went up as Gad instructed him to do in the name of the Lord. While Ornan was threshing wheat, he turned and saw the messenger, and he and his four sons hid themselves. When David came to Ornan, Ornan looked and saw David. He came out from the threshing floor and bowed to David with his face to the ground. David said to Ornan, Sell me the threshing floor so I can build on it an altar for the Lord. I will pay top price. 
so that the plague may be removed from the people. Ornan told David, You can have it. My master, the king, may do what he wants. Look, I am giving you the oxen for burnt sacrifices, the threshing fledges for wood, and the wheat for an offering. I give it all to you. King David replied to Ornan, No, I insist on buying it for top price. I will not offer to the Lord what belongs to you or offer a burnt sacrifice that costs me nothing. So David bought the place from Ornan for 600 pieces of gold. David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt sacrifices and peace offerings. He called out to the Lord, and the Lord responded by sending fire from the sky and consuming the burnt sacrifice on the altar. The Lord ordered the messenger to put his sword back into its sheath. At that time, when David saw that the Lord responded to him at the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite, he sacrificed there. Now the Lord's tabernacle, which Moses had made in the wilderness, and the altar for burnt sacrifices, were at that time at the worship center in Gibeon. But David could not go before it to seek God's will, for he was afraid of the sword of the angel of the Lord. Chapter 22 David then said, This is the place where the temple of the Lord will be, along with the altar for burnt sacrifices for Israel. David orders a temple to be built. David ordered the resident foreigners in the land of Israel to be called together. He appointed some of them to be stonecutters, to chisel stones for the building of God's temple. David supplied a large amount of iron for the nails of the doors of the gates and for braces, more bronze than could be weighed, and more cedar logs than could be counted. The Sidonians and the Tyrians had brought a large amount of cedar logs to David. David said, My son Solomon is just an inexperienced young man, and the temple to be built for the Lord must be especially magnificent, so it will become famous and be considered splendid by all the nations. Therefore, I will make preparations for its construction. So David made extensive preparations before he died. He summoned his son Solomon and charged him to build a temple for the Lord God of Israel. David said to Solomon, My son, I really wanted to build a temple to honor the Lord my God. But this was the Lord's message to me. You have spilled a great deal of blood and fought many battles. You must not build a temple to honor me, for you have spilled a great deal of blood on the ground before me. Look, you will have a son who will be a peaceful man. I will give him rest from all his enemies on every side. Indeed, Solomon will be his name. I will give Israel peace and quiet during his reign. He will build a temple to honor me. He will become my son, and I will become his father. I will grant to his dynasty permanent rule over Israel. Now, my son, may the Lord be with you. May you succeed and build a temple for the Lord your God, just as he announced you would. Only may the Lord give you insight and understanding when he places you in charge of Israel. So you may obey the law of the Lord your God, then you will succeed. If you carefully obey the rules and regulations which the Lord ordered Moses to give to Israel, be strong and brave. Don't be afraid and don't panic. Now look, I have made every effort to supply what is needed to build the Lord's temple. I have stored up 100,000 talents of gold, 1 million talents of silver, and so much bronze and iron it cannot be weighed, as well as wood and stones. Feel free to add more. You also have available many workers, including stonecutters, masons, carpenters, and an innumerable array of workers who are skilled in using gold, silver, bronze, and iron. Get up and begin the work. May the Lord be with you. David ordered all the officials of Israel to support his son Solomon. 
He told them, The Lord your God is with you. He has made you secure on every side, for he has handed over to me the inhabitants of the region, and the region is subdued before the Lord and his people. Now seek the Lord your God wholeheartedly and with your entire being. Get up and build the sanctuary of the Lord God. Then you can bring the Ark of the Lord's Covenant and the holy items dedicated to God's service into the temple that is built to honor the Lord. Psalm 99. The Lord reigns, the nations tremble. He sits enthroned above the cherubim. The earth shakes. The Lord is elevated in Zion. He is exalted over all the nations. Let them praise your great and awesome name. He is holy. The king is strong. He loves justice. You ensure that legal decisions will be made fairly. You promote justice and equity in Jacob. Praise the Lord our God. Worship before his footstool. He is holy. Moses and Aaron were among his priests. Samuel was one of those who prayed to him. They prayed to the Lord and he answered them. He spoke to them from a pillar of cloud. They obeyed his regulations and the ordinance he gave them. Our Lord, our God, you answered them. They found you to be a forgiving God, but also one who punished their sinful deeds. Praise the Lord, our God. Worship on his holy hill, for the Lord, our God, is holy. New Testament reading. John chapter 12, verses 20 through 36. Seekers. Now some Greeks were among those who had gone up to worship at the feast. So these approached Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and requested, Sir, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, and they both went and told Jesus. Jesus replied, The time has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the solemn truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains by itself alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. The one who loves his life destroys it, and the one who hates his life in this world guards it for eternal life. If anyone wants to serve me, he must follow me, and where I am, my servant will be too. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now my soul is greatly distressed. And what should I say? Father, deliver me from this hour? No, but for this very reason I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard the voice said that it had thundered. Others said that an angel had spoken to him. Jesus replied, This voice has not come for my benefit, but for yours. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Now he said this to indicate clearly what kind of death he was going to die. Then the crowd responded, We have heard from the law that the Christ will remain forever. How can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? Jesus replied, The light is with you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, so that the darkness may not overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, so that you may become sons of light. When Jesus had said these things, he went away and hid himself from them. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 
completing the collection for the saints. Now we make known to you, brothers and sisters, the grace of God given to the churches of Macedonia, that during a severe ordeal of suffering, their abundant joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in the wealth of their generosity. For I testify, they gave according to their means and beyond their means. They did so voluntarily, begging us with great earnestness for the blessing and fellowship of helping the saints. And they did this not just as we had hoped, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and to us by the will of God. Thus we urge Titus that, just as he had previously begun his work, so also he should complete this act of kindness for you. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, and in all eagerness, and in the love from us that is in you, make sure that you excel in this act of kindness too. I'm not saying this as a command, but I am testing the genuineness of your love by comparison with the eagerness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that although he was rich, he became poor for your sakes, so that you by his poverty could become rich. So here is my opinion on this matter. It is to your advantage since you made a good start last year, both in your giving and your desire to give, to finish what you started. So that just as you wanted to do it eagerly, you can also complete it according to your means. For if the eagerness is present, the gift itself is acceptable according to whatever one has, not according to what he does not have. For I do not say this so that there would be relief for others and suffering for you, but as a matter of equality. At the present time, your abundance will meet their need so that one day their abundance may also meet your need. And thus there may be equality. As it is written, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. The Mission of Titus. But thanks be to God, who put in the heart of Titus the same devotion I have for you, because he not only accepted our requests, but since he was very eager, he is coming to you of his own accord. And we are sending along with him the brother who is praised by all the churches for his work in spreading the gospel. In addition, this brother has also been chosen by the churches as our traveling companion as we administer this generous gift to the glory of the Lord himself and to show our readiness to help. We did this as a precaution so that no one should blame us in regard to this generous gift we are administering. For we are concerned about what is right not only before the Lord, but also before men. And we are sending with them our brother, whom we have tested many times and found eager in many matters, but who now is much more eager than ever because of the great confidence he has in you. If there is any question about Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker among you. If there is any question about our brothers, they are messengers of the churches, a glory to Christ. Therefore, show them openly before the churches the proof of your love and of our pride in you. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Gracious and righteous and generous God, we thank you, O Lord, for giving us the generous gift of your word. We thank you, God, that you communicate with us, that you edify us, that you teach us truths, that you grow us up, that you mature us through your word. We thank you, O God, for all the beautiful reminders that are in your word to us. 
And Lord God, we do need to be reminded of your holiness, of your compassion, of your goodness, and who we are to you and who we are in you and through you, O God. We thank you, O God, that we are your children and co-heirs with Christ. And God, we pray today that we would be found as generous people. Lord, I know that there are times when we feel the deepness of our inadequacy, where we can develop a bit of a scarcity mentality of being very aware of what we lack in terms of gifts or resources or opportunities. And oh God, in many ways, this could be very true, but I'm thankful for your word that reminds us of our disposition to be cheerful givers. And I'm thankful for this example that we see in those in the early church who gave generously, who gave out of what they had to others, oh God. I pray, oh Lord, that where this is not happening amongst believers, it would start happening. I pray, oh God, that we would be known as generous people, that we represent a God who has granted to us open-handed, open-hearted generosity, grace, forgiveness, compassion, provision. And oh God, I pray that we would live that way as the people of God. I pray that we would live generously. I pray, oh God, that when people who are in our community are struggling in our local churches or in our neighborhoods, oh God, that we would hear of a need and find joy joy and the ability to meet it, that we would long to want to meet the needs of those in our communities and to ask the larger questions beyond charity of justice, O God. We pray, O Lord, that we would be known as generous, open-handed people. It is in your name that we pray and we give you thanks for all of the provision that you have given to us. And we ask now, O God, for those who find themselves struggling financially, O Lord, with a lack of opportunity, with unemployment and underemployment, would you remind them that you are the God who meets and supplies all their needs according to your abundant riches and you lack nothing? Would you pour out a blessing to them? Would you encourage them? Would you open doors for them, O God? Would you grant them the means of productive work And Lord God, we pray that in all we do, we do it as unto Christ. We do our work as witnesses to you. And that in turn, with those resources that you have given to us, O God, we use them for generosity. It is in your name that we pray. Amen and amen. When children have a listening companion who hears, acknowledges, and encourages their early experiences with God, it creates a spiritual footprint that shapes their lives. Lacey Finn Borgo's book, Spiritual Conversations with Children, draws on her own experience of practicing spiritual direction with children. She offers an overview of childhood spiritual formation and introduces key skills for engaging conversation from a Christ-centered perspective. In this book, you'll find ideas for engaging children with play, art, and movement, along with prayers to use together. Whether you are a parent or grandparent, pastor or spiritual director, you will find this to be a friendly guide into deeper ways of listening. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code, the word, that's promo code T-H-E-W-O-R-D at ivpress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag TruthsTable. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, 
Think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee. Yeah.